Well, ladies, this time it has been yet another two months since our last episode, not because we have not had any time to do any work whatsoever on the podcast, but rather because we have spent a lot of time looking for content uh, for this next episode. In our last episode, we read from the Second Lateran Council, which was in 1139. We had to search through 27 consequent documents before we got to this one for today's episode. In those 27 documents, there were, again, um, multiple reiterations of what we have discussed the last two episodes regarding the importance of a priest um, making every effort to remain above suspicion by being very careful about how and where and why they spend time with women um, to whom they are not related by blood. So here we are, the 28th document uh, that we looked into since our last episode. Thank you for your patience. This is the Council of um, Basil Ferrara Florence, which commenced in 1431 AD. So this document comes almost 300 years after the last document which we read from, which was, again, the Second Lateran Council. So we're going to read two paragraphs today and also uh, treat them one at a time. So here's our first paragraph, quote, It is asserted that some people reject fourth marriages as condemned, lest sin is attributed where it does not exist, since the apostle says that a wife on her husband's death, is free from his law and free in the Lord to marry whom she wishes. And since no distinction is made between the deaths of the first, second, and third husbands, we declare that not only second and third marriages, but also fourth and further ones may lawfully be contracted, provided there is no canonical impediment. We say, however, that they would be more commendable if thereafter they abstain from marriage and persevere in chastity, because we consider that just as virginity is to be preferred in praise and merit to widowhood, so chaste widowhood is preferable to marriage. End quote. Okay, I want to zone in on that part about the importance of being in a marriage with no canonical impediment, a marriage which is valid and licit. And again, we will read another paragraph, but I want to treat this one first before we look at that next one. With regards to these terms, valid, invalid, licit, illicit, I have linked an article from the website Canon Law Made Easy, which I had intended to read from to all of you, but the fact that you are uh, prevented from copying and pasting any text from this website brought to my attention that I may not actually be permitted to even read aloud uh, from this website. So in the interest of avoiding lawsuits, <laughs> with an apology to you all for being rather unwilling to select and read from sources which are significantly less succinct, um, again, you will find in the blog post accompanying this podcast episode, a link to an article which explains in great detail uh, what is meant by these terms as applied to marriage, valid, invalid, licit, and illicit. In a nutshell, in a nutshell, an invalid marriage means that there was no marriage at all. Okay, but that's in a nutshell. So please do check out this article that is linked 
in the blog post. On that note, <laughs> because apparently, according to some listeners, I have not mentioned this often enough, every single podcast episode that we do here has an accompanying blog post. In that blog post, you will find typed up for your reading benefit uh, the various quotes which were read aloud in a given episode, as well as links to resources which were refer referred to in that episode as well. So if something was mentioned in the episode, you will know where to find it if you look at the blog post. <laughs> which accompanies the episode in question. So again, for that, for that article from the website Canon Law Made Easy, which explains the terms valid, invalid, licit, and illicit as applied to marriage, you will find a link in this podcast episode's corresponding blog post. All of this to say, why does any of it matter? I pulled this paragraph because this podcast is intended for wives. Um, it has been brought to my attention that even to say that this podcast is for wives is too broad. So here comes the apparently very much needed clarification. This podcast, the Will to Wife podcast, is for women in valid, licit, and preferably sacramental marriages. Why? Because in this podcast, if you have been listening to it for a while, you know that we advocate for a biblical model of marriage. And part of that is a wife's submission to her husband, precisely because God himself has vested a husband with authority over his wife. If you are in any romantic relationship other than a valid marriage, then you are currently with a man who has no God-given authority over you. And you may be in a situation where submitting to this man may be dangerous, both physically and spiritually. Not all the time. There are, you know, situations out there where people don't know because of poor catechesis or wayward priests that they are in an invalid and or illicit marriage. And, you know, to all points and purposes, you know, husband and wife are thoroughly committed and they don't have any reason to suppose that anything is wrong and it would be a very simple matter to have the marriage convalidated, yada, 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 okay? Those situations absolutely exist. Um, but the reason that this was brought to my attention is that there are situations where a woman is aware that her marriage is invalid, the marriage is struggling in some manner, and she thinks that by applying the principles that you hear about in this podcast, that this will fix her marriage. And depending on the situation, that can actually be very dangerous. The same sorts of problems and dangers can arise, which you might expect to see in a situation of cohabitation. I hope it's clear that this podcast is not for girlfriends. Um, things like financial surrender and the topic of marital debt simply do not apply to unmarried women. Well, if there's a situation of an invalid marriage, again, in a nutshell, that means that there was actually no marriage, and either the husband is opposed to convalidation for whatever reason, or one or both parties are reluctant to seek convalidation because they are actually well aware of existing impediments, such as previous marriages, 
then this whole thing about wifely submission and surrender can become very dangerous ground. Grace is not given to further disorder. If disorder exists in a situation, God does not give grace for an individual to root themselves more deeply in that disorder. So with that said, if you are in a marriage which is in need of convalidation, then, you know, don't get me wrong, I, I appreciate the listener support greatly, but discernment and probably solid spiritual direction uh, may be needed in your situation in order to determine what, if any, of those principles that you will hear about in this podcast can be safely applied to your current situation. And then yes, to seek convalidation. The church has canon law in place for the protection of her people, both physically and spiritually. If a man is not vested by God with authority over a woman, then it should not be a shocking declaration to anyone that for a woman to submit to that man can be very dangerous. I also said that this podcast is for women in preferably sacramental marriages. I will now read from an article posted by the Catholic Telegraph addressing the question, quote, what's the difference between a sacramental and natural marriage? So at the very end of this article, the summary reads, quote, the difference between natural and sacramental marriage is not a degree of holiness, but the end, as in goal, of each kind of marriage. Natural marriage has natural ends, goals which are for the good of life on earth. Sacramental marriage, however, includes all the ends of natural marriage and, in addition, has the purpose of the spouses helping each other and their children to attain heaven through the special sacramental graces that come from belonging to Christ and being married in him. Catholics care about this important difference because sacramental marriage is a matter of nothing less than full human flourishing, both on earth and everlasting life in heaven. End quote. So, natural marriage is fantastic to begin with, nothing wrong with it, and biblical principles are still applicable to a natural marriage because God's first law is natural law. However, you know, we do talk about pursuing sainthood and helping your spouse towards heaven in this podcast, and all of that is made possible by supernatural grace that comes with baptism and those special graces reserved for sacramental marriages. Okay, so that was all regarding the paragraph uh, from this document the Council of Basel Ferrara Florence on the importance of recognizing lawfully contracted marriages. So let's read the second paragraph that I pulled from this document. Quote, a threefold good is attributed to matrimony. The first is the procreation and bringing up of children for the worship of God. The second is the mutual faithfulness of the spouses toward each other. The third is the indissolubility of marriage, since it signifies the indivisible union of Christ and the Church. 
Although separation of bed is lawful on account of fornication, it is not lawful to contract another marriage, since the bond of a legitimately contracted marriage is perpetual. End quote. I pulled this paragraph because, you know, as time goes on, I just become more and more aware of the tragedy of so many abandoned spouses, both husbands and wives, um, who are striving to be faithful and striving to witness to the indissolubility of marriage and are not finding support in the church and are actually being shunned and vilified by the clergy and the laity alike. Uh, because apparently by standing for the indissolubility of their marriage, they are, you know, making life harder for the children, making life harder for the spouse who abandoned the family in the first place. I have linked in the blog post, again, this blog post, <laughs> super important. I have linked in the blog post for this episode, a snippet of an interview uh, with Layla Miller from a few years back about the standards, that's the term um, for, for abandoned spouses standing for their marriage, the standards uh, being heroes among us and how Christ himself is, quote, the ultimate abandoned spouse and that standards are united to him in their suffering in a very special way, how their firm stands and witness to the permanence of their wedding vows is a work of mercy because that witness continues to call the offending spouse back to repentance. I doubt uh, that there are standers listening to this podcast. So I would just ask my listeners, if you know someone who is a stander, to please make an extra effort to support them. But also let them know, uh, if they don't already know, that there are solid Catholic support groups out there, courtesy of the work of Layla Miller, who will never ever shame them for witnessing to the indissolubility of marriage, but rather who will stand and walk with them every step of the way no matter who else abandons them, whether their kids abandon them or their home parish or their home pastor abandons them, please let them know that there are support groups out there and that they can get in touch with Layla directly through her website, laylamiller.net. Again, another resource linked in the blog post. We need to help these standards connect and help them to know that the church is still their home. Um, and that the church is, is the only home that can provide that supernatural sustenance uh, that is needed to bear this cross of being an abandoned spouse through the end of their earthly life. I want to close out this episode with one last invitation. Um, in working with wives, it will happen uh, that occasionally, maybe once every two or three months, something comes up that I want to get my husband's perspective on. And so I'll ask the, the wife in question, you know, for her permission. Could I share your question with my husband? And I've never had a wife turn me down. <laughs> They'll be like, oh yeah, please. You know, I'd love to know uh, what your husband thinks. That would be really helpful. So uh, hubby and I were talking and we would be open to trying something. Um, he is my sounding board, of course, for, for the content of this podcast, you know, because, well, 
we're a team, right? But we were thinking that we could maybe try opening the floor to questions uh, directed specifically at my husband, Stephen. So the invitation is this. If you have a question for Stephen, uh, and mind you, if he or we answer this question, then we are going to be reading it aloud uh, on an episode. So please do use discretion for the sake of your own marriage. But yeah, if you have a question for Stephen, um, you can leave a comment on the blog post, the blog post. <laughs> and maybe, maybe, depending on how many questions we get, uh, we might start doing podcast episodes dedicated to uh, basically Q&A with my husband. Again, totally depends on how many questions we actually get for him. We don't want to, this isn't an announcement. We're not committing to anything. If it's like one or two, then eh, you know, but if we get 20 within the next 24 hours, then we're going to have to talk. So, so there's that. Okay. Um, so if you have a question for my husband, Stephen, please feel free, uh, to leave it as a comment on the blog post. Um, and again, understanding that it's, it's going to be made publicly available. So please, um, no, no details that would be hurtful to your spouse, uh, to have, to have out there. And we will also, of course, use discernment in selecting which questions we, we may choose to answer. All right. I am praying for all of you and your marriages. Please, uh, if I could ask you to pray for our family, we found out that we're having another girl. So this will be our third girl. We have our, uh, our oldest is a boy and now he has three little sisters. <laughs> so please pray for us. Have a wonderful Sunday. God bless.